This is the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast with Rachel Spencer. Listen in each week for tips on ways to win media coverage and create content to make sure your pet business stands out from the competition. Hi, and thank you for joining me for this episode of the podcast where I'm talking to Scarlett Rockwood, who is a content marketing expert for the pet industry. And we're talking all about how to take one piece of content and turn it into 30 pieces of social media content. So one blog post, podcast, video, and turn it into 30 pieces of other content that you can use. Can you imagine that? It's literally quite magic, isn't it? Anyway, I am talking to Scarlett all about how she found herself in the pet industry how product businesses often feel their product is the only thing they can talk about, but there is so much more to it than that. The importance of repetition and follow-up and how if you want to be known for something, you have to keep talking about it. Also, how to repurpose old content and turn it into new content and lots, lots more. So I think you'll get loads from this episode. Do let me know what your thoughts on it. Do go and check out Scarlett and her work as well. And now on to the main part of the show. So hi, Scarlett. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. Would you be okay to start by just telling us a little bit about you and what you do in your business? Absolutely. So I'm Scarlett Rockwood. I am a content marketer for pet industry professionals. Uh, Mostly what that means is that I manage social media and blog writing for my clients. uh, And I also do teaching and consulting for pet businesses that aren't ready to outsource that just yet and need to learn it for themselves. Fabulous. Okay, so tell me a little bit about how you found yourself working in the pet industry then and working with pet industry clients. So that's something that I find is kind of the opposite of most of the people that I know who are in the pet industry. A lot of the people that I know, they started out doing something that they were passionate about with their pets, and then kind of that transformed into becoming a business. For me, I started out as a social media marketer for basically any small business. I had worked with cafes and doctors and landscapers and anything you could think of. And in 2020, I narrowed down to only work in the pet industry because I found that the clients that I had in the pet industry were just people I enjoyed working with more. I got better results and I enjoyed the work a lot more. So now I only um, I only reach out and try to work with people in the pet industry and I only take anyone in another industry if they kind of come to me first asking for help. Excellent. Okay. So a a lot of that resonates with me because I only work with people in the pet industry as well. I used to work with um, all kinds of different people um, and organizations, but I love working with people in the pet industry because it's something I'm passionate about. And I know that you are too. Um, So can you tell us a little bit about the challenges that that pet parents, not pet parents, pet business owners um, have when it comes to content marketing and social media? Absolutely. So some of the biggest problems that I see people having is, especially the people that I'm consulting with that are still doing it themselves, one of the biggest problems is that they feel like they don't have enough time to actually get it all done, Um, especially if I'm talking about a schedule of, you know, trying to get out at least one blog post a month and trying to post once a day on social media. Um, And that's the schedule that I have most people recommended for. Yeah. Um, And a lot of people just feel like they don't have the time. And the other thing that I hear a lot is that they don't, they can't think of 
what to talk about. And they have so many great, you know, ideas and so many great, they're basically just a, a font of knowledge on whatever it is, whether they're a pet sitter or a dog trainer or a veterinarian, they've got all this great information in their brains, but they don't really know what to put down on paper or what to talk about first. So when they start thinking about what they want to post about, they just can't think of anything. Yeah, it's it's funny, isn't it? Because I know we've obviously worked in other industries before working with pet businesses. And I know the way I see it is, oh my gosh, you work with, with dogs all day or cats all day or whatever animal you work with. There's loads of things you can be talking about, isn't there? But I think, I guess when people are in the business themselves and it, it's harder for you, isn't it? When you're kind of in the thick of it to take a step back and think, actually, I've got some really great things that I can be talking about here. Yeah, for sure. And there's so many people that are interested in the things that you find kind of mundane and everyday, because let's say you are, you know, a dog walker who does, you know, loose leash or, or leash free hikes or something like that. That's something that you do every day. And it seems pretty obvious to you, you know, what your day is like, but to some people, that's just a wild and crazy thing to do for a living. And even just showing people what your day looks like is a really good content piece. And then things like, well, how do you train a dog to walk off leash with six other dogs and still listen to you? That's another great whole series of content pieces. Definitely. And then I think with the product businesses, they've got the actual products, which are brilliant and, you know, just like really exciting, I think, as a pet owner. And then also the low, they've got all that lovely user generated content as well, haven't they? Where they've got people playing with the toys or, you know, wearing the bandanas or wearing the, the products that they create. And that's, again, really interesting and engaging, isn't it? Absolutely. And there's so many things about product based businesses that I think they often feel like the product is the only thing they can post about. So it feels like all they ever do is promote or post a specific product. And then sometimes they'll have user generated content, but there's so much more to that. They're, the biggest thing I tell them to think about is what sets you apart mm-hmm. from all of the other product options out there? Why are you better? And those are things that you can be educating people on. So for example, um, BarkBox is one that's really popular and they have a super chewer box that is specifically for dogs who just will absolutely destroy any other toy in like two seconds flat and doing education on, you know, why those toys are better or even what is the reason that your dog is destroying toys immediately? Is it separation anxiety? Is it just that they have a powerful bite? And in that case, is there something that you could could or should be doing for them care-wise? Um, is there something about your toy that's like, is it a dental cleaning chew? Or do you have like a way that it can replace um, other forms of dental care for your dogs? There's so many things about your products that are clearly different from other people's products. And it's not necessarily always like a big life-changing thing. It could just be that you have these really cute patterns for your bandanas that nobody else has. And you can talk about where you source them or the artisans that make them or things like that. Yeah. It's finding lots of different ways to talk about the same thing, isn't it? And I think some like you either find that easy or you find it really hard, don't you? 
from talking to the people who I work with, who I know will be really similar to the people who you work with. I think sometimes it comes naturally and then sometimes it's like, oh, and people think that what they've got to say won't be interesting. And actually, you know, if you're a canine massage therapist and you're telling me about how it all works, I think that's really interesting. For sure. And I do think that not knowing how to say it in different ways and feeling like you're repetitive is something that a lot of people struggle with. Um, That's part of why I created what I call the paw print method, which allows you to take any long form piece of content and think about all the different ways you can talk about it in the social media post. Um, So like if you were to take a blog post about canine massage therapy, or if you were each to take a podcast like this episode, you could run it through this document that I have. And the process sets it up so that any one long form piece of content can easily become 10, 20, 30 different blog posts. Yeah. So tell me about tell me about that then, because I know when we first started talking, you were talking about um, a lot of your clients, the kind of the general content production um, method that you say is like one blog post a month and then ideally posting every day on social media. So can you tell me a little bit about what that looks like, how you take that one blog post and potentially turn it into 20, 30 pieces of content? Absolutely. So the big thing that I do is I look at it as the reason I call it the paw print method is I look at that long form piece of content as like the paw pad. Um, And this is just the way that I visualize it. And then all of the other smaller places that that content can go. So your Facebook, your Instagram, your emails, those are all the little toe beans of the paw. Um, And those are just the way that's the way I think about fanning out yeah. distributing each individual piece of content. So the framework that I use is firstly, I write down all the places that content can go. So can I put it on a Facebook page? Do I have a Facebook group? Are there other people's Facebook groups I would be allowed and, and appreciated for posting it in? Can I put it on Instagram, LinkedIn? Um, can I send it out to my email list? Can I put it on Twitter, Pinterest? Uh, things like that. I I list all the places that any information about this piece of content can be shared. And then I go through a framework of different ways that's basically just reminders of going through that piece of content and pulling out, firstly, sharing it in general, which is what most people do if they're distributing a blog post. They just write a sentence or two about it. Sometimes they even just write the intro of the blog itself and then you know, go here to read this blog post and put a link. Um, and that's what most where most people stop when they are creating uh, social media content for a blog post or a podcast. But you can also go through the post and pull out anything that's quotable. So that could be a quote that any one person said that you actually quoted in the article, or it could be just a single sentence or two from the article that that stands alone really well. So it's basically a quote of you because you're the one who wrote the article. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's the outline. So let's say it's an article of, you know, the five um, the five best ways to teach your dog to walk off leash or the five steps to teaching your dog to walk off leash. Well, you can make a blog post that is those five steps, but you just, I mean, you can make a social media post that is those five steps, but you don't necessarily go super in depth into each step. You just mm-hmm. say what the step is and maybe just a sentence or two to explain it. And then you stop there. 
And then if you want, you can also tell them to get more information about each step. Here's the link to the blog post. Um, And then you take it and you take each of those steps individually and then make each one a separate post. So step one, you go really in depth. Step two, in a separate post, you go really in depth. Um, That works really well for things that are more like standalone tips than steps because you know, a lot of times maybe just the outline of all of them in one is the one that makes sense because getting step three by itself maybe doesn't make sense with the first two yeah. steps without the other steps. But in things like um, one I put out recently, my most recent podcast was like 11 tips to grow your pet business Instagram account. Um, I could share each one of these those tips individually as a social media post. And that's 11 posts right there. Yeah. Uh, and then the last thing that I look for is an excerpt from each one. So more so than just a quote, that's like one sentence that's shareable. I go through and I look for like, maybe there's a whole paragraph that goes very in depth into a specific thing that I can pull out and make its own topic as a blog post. So if I'm talking about, um, let's say I'm talking about, you know, different breeds of water dogs or different breeds of dog that are great for nose work. Then maybe I talk about nose work specifically as blog posts. And then I talk separately about each type of dog um, as a separate piece of content. Yeah, I think the repetition um, is, I know when I first started doing what I do now, I used to really worry about repetition, but actually we do need to keep hearing things over and over again for it to sink in and also for people to know what we're all about, don't we? So I know with my, the stuff that I do, I've covered things like, you know, ways to repurpose your pitch and what, and then in there, you know, I had what to do if your pitch gets rejected. And then that turned into five things to do if your pitch gets rejected and, you, you think we can look at a topic and it can just have a follow-up and a follow-up and a follow-up, you know, so many follow-ups from it, can't it? Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing is so many people are worried, you know, if I keep saying the same thing over and over again, will people just tune out or think that I'm being annoying because I'm being repetitive? And there's two things about that. One thing is the pop art method does help with that in that it kind of peaks your brain and gives you uh, ideas for different ways to say it so that you're not actually saying the exact same thing every, every time, even though it's pretty much the same information. And that makes it look different and sound different and not feel repetitive. And the other thing is, even if it is a bit repetitive, most people will not see every piece of content. In fact, no one is going to see every single piece of content that you put out. So it's good to be repetitive in that sense because they might miss it in the email, but get it on Instagram or miss it on Instagram, but see it on the Facebook group. So it's okay to put things in multiple places and you want to reinforce that with consistency, because if you're, if you go and you hang out with a friend and they have a specific set of interests that you know about, and you have certain things that, you know, you like to talk about with them and they have a a personality you're familiar with, But then the next time you go hang out with them, that's all changed. And they're talking about different things. And their personality seems totally different. And every time you hang out with them, they feel like a totally different person. You're not really going to get a feel for who they are. And you may not even continue hanging out with them because you don't know that you actually have anything interesting in what they're going to say next time because it's totally different every time. Whereas 
I, I feel the same way with content. Like if you have something that you're following somebody for information on, if I am talking about social media and blogging, which is an, an email marketing, anything under content marketing, which is mostly what I talk about, that's going to be some form of that all the time. Whereas if I suddenly branch off and start talking about, you know, um, running a Dungeons and Dragons campaign or something, <laughs> that's something I do in my everyday life. But the people on my social media, they don't care about that. That's not what they came to hear about. So it's okay to repeat the same things over and over again, because that reinforces. And most people need to hear something multiple times before it really sinks in, especially if it's something that you're wanting to convert. Like if you're wanting them to, you know, buy your course or buy your product or sign up for your service, they need to hear and learn about that service over and over and over again before they actually sign up for it usually. Yeah, because people talk about the tipping point, don't they? So you could be talking and all, I mean, with what I do at the moment, helping people get press coverage, I have people who will come and book in for a one-to-one or have a half day with me. And I know they've been in my in my network and in my community for a long time. And there will be something that will have tipped will have been the tipping point for them. And I guess if I stopped talking about the things that I talk about, then they'd, they'd be confused and that I would have lost out on that. So, um, and I love what you just said there about content being like a relationship with a friend and that you want that content to be consistent. And if I go and look at what you're doing on Instagram, I expect you to be talking about social media and content marketing. If you started talking about something completely different, um, I'd be like, oh, what's going on with Scarlett? Um, and we need to remember that, don't we? Because I know, I mean, I think we all worry about repetition, don't we? But if we want to be known for something, then we have to keep talking about it, don't we? Absolutely. Because if you, you know, if you were to have me suddenly start talking about, you know, Dungeons and Dragons or Magic the Gathering or any of my my nerdy things that I do, then, you know, I could easily create a social media presence about those things and talk about them constantly. But that wouldn't be what you came for. And most of the people who follow me now would would not be interested in that and vice versa. If I did create that presence and then I suddenly started talking about, you know, Instagram marketing and and dog rescues, then those people wouldn't really be interested. So it's really important to know that, you know, if I've seen it before, I still probably need to see it again, especially if you're saying it in a different way. Um, that's going to help reinforce it. The other way that I look at this is if if you're training a dog and you give him a new command he's never heard before, and then you just expect him to immediately understand it, you're probably not going to be very successful. You have to repeat. So looking at content marketing the same way and expecting our audience to, to understand things the very first time we say them or to just immediately adopt them and trust that that's just the way things work the very first time we say them isn't necessarily going to work. We want to reinforce that over and over again in as many different ways as possible. So say it a different way, provide social proof of how it's worked for other people and just continue to provide that value. And eventually people will kind of sink in and they'll remember, okay, that's that's the thing <laughs> that I should be thinking about when I'm creating my content. I should be thinking about consistency. I should be thinking about hashtags. I should be thinking about engaging with other people or any one of the things that you hear me talking about all the time. 
Um, my goal is for that to get ingrained enough that when people start working on their own content marketing, they remember those things and they're not going to remember them if I only said it once. Yep. Yeah, I love what you said as well about putting things in multiple places. I know when I first started doing doing this stuff, I used to think, but if I, if, I, if I put something on Facebook, I can't say the same thing on LinkedIn or Instagram or anything like that. But obviously you can. And also, even if if I saw a post from you, for example, and I saw you post one thing on LinkedIn and then I went on Instagram and you said the same thing, I would never think, oh, I've just seen Scarlett post about that on LinkedIn. I would just think, oh, Scarlett's talking about hashtags this week. Um, and I think we worry so much, don't we, about people judging us. And actually, people just don't care, do they? No, they really don't. And there's so many people who don't actually hang out on every single platform. And that's the other reason that I stress just putting things everywhere, because there are people who follow me on Instagram that really hate Facebook and they don't really get on there or follow me on there. There's some people that are in my Facebook groups, and that's really the only place that they see my content. There's people that are on LinkedIn that really don't spend a lot of time on social media at all and don't really even understand social media, but they feel like LinkedIn is a good place for them because they are business-minded and it is kind of geared more towards that mindset. So there's definitely places. And then there's people on your email list who don't ever follow you on social media, but they're on your email list. So definitely never feel bad for putting something in tons of different places because even if the same person sees it in two different places, like you said, they're not going to think that that's odd or, or feel like they've, they've seen something off. Um, but if there's someone who's only following you in one place and you didn't put it there, then that person has missed out. Yeah. No, it's, it's, that's something that we need to repeat as well, isn't it? While we're on the topic of repetition, that it's okay to um, post in lots of different places. Just on that topic as well, um, I love the pulpit method and the repurposing and that taking that one piece of core content and using it in loads of different ways. Um, I imagine, or do you ever find that people say to you, oh my gosh, the thought of doing 30 posts just feels really overwhelming. And how do you deal with that? I usually actually hear that from people before I show them the paw print method yeah. uh, because they think, you know, that's 30 different pieces of content I have to come up with, 30 different things to talk about every single month. And then after they see the paw print method, they're like, oh, I really only have to talk about one thing. <laughs> I really just have to write this one blog post and then I can figure out the majority of the rest of my content from that. Um, and that's really helpful to them. Um, I find that if you are trying to think of every single, like imagine trying to think of a different topic for a podcast episode for 30 every single month. Like yeah. how daunting would that be? And I know there are some people out there who actually do write 30 blog posts every month because their entire business is that blog. But for the vast majority of people, that's incredibly daunting because that's not your main business. Your main business is running a groomer or pet sitting or running your product, you know, your online store. So considering that, it becomes a lot more daunting to think I have to come up with 30 different ideas. But if you're running through the, if you're running one piece of content through the paw print method, or even just 
Um, not even writing a new blog post. If you've got a, a library of historical blog posts, go find one of those that's relevant to talk about again, and you can run that through. Um, then that becomes a lot less daunting to people because it's really more so just filling out one worksheet and then creating content from those ideas that that worksheet has created for you. Yeah, the repurposing old content as well. I'm totally with you on that, particularly um, if you're like a service provider and you might be talking like at the moment here in the UK, we've been having a heat wave, which won't last for very long. But anyway, we have. And I know that many of the pet service providers will have written about heat waves and how to cope with the with the hot weather when you've got pets over and over again. And all they need to do then is go and find that blog post that they did in 2021 tweak it a little bit, make it, you know, bring it up to date and then run it through your method. And they've probably already got the social media posts that they did the first time around as well that they can then tweak and reuse, haven't, can't they? Yeah, that's another thing you can do um, outside just the paw print method when you're talking about actually creating the content. If it is something you've talked about before, you can absolutely use those same posts again. You can use the exact same even caption and image without changing anything up if it's still relevant, if it's old enough. Um, and I'd say if you're posting 30 times a month, even just last quarter could be far enough back that someone didn't see it. Um, so don't feel like you have to also be posting like brand new images and captions that you've never, ever, ever written before. Um, this is one thing that last year I started doing for the holidays. And I think I will basically probably be doing it every year from now is actually telling people that that's what you're doing uh, and tell them, hey, let's take a look at, you know, the posts that you liked the best this year. And then I'll share the posts that got the most likes and the posts that got the most comments and the posts that got the most shares. And that's three posts right there that like over Christmas, I don't have to figure out. I can yeah. just plug those in. Um, and going through and looking at your insights and your analytics is very helpful for this. In fact, if you're not even sure what kind of blog post you want to write, like you still need the topic for your core long form content, go back and look at your older content and see, um, look at your website analytics and see what blog posts are performing the best and what topics those are on. And then look at your social media insights and look at which social media posts perform the best, which ones got the most likes in the past two years or so, and which ones got the most comments and things like that, and see what those were talking about. And that may give you some ideas as well for either just another social media post or even an entire blog post for your entire monthly topic. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we've talked about the 30, well, I keep saying 30, I'm sensationalizing your paw print method here, but I know that that, that well, I hope that that will appeal to people. But um, in and around those posts that you use from your core piece of content, your blog posts, what other things do you find are working um, with the people who you who you work with, your, your pet business clients? What other social media posts, um, you know, what other tips would you have for people when they're stuck for social media aside from using the core content? Yeah, absolutely. So let me actually just take a quick look here at one of my current clients. So using this as an example, the first thing I did for this next month's content is go through the blog post that we want to promote for the month. Yeah. And I ended up getting about 
14 actually from that post. It was a rather fairly short post. Um, so 14 is actually a pretty good number for it. Um, but the other thing that I always like to look at is I always like to look at any holidays that are coming up. So holidays, like especially pet centric holidays and awareness days, see if those are relevant to you. So like if you're putting together the next month of content, just go and look at, I have a blog post. If you want, I can give you the link for the show notes that yeah. has a list of holidays on it for the entire year. And just go look at those and see which ones would be relevant to my audience that I can put a spin on, or I can say more than just, you know, happy national dog month. Like yeah. if that's all you can think to say about it, then it may not be worth making a post about, but if it's something you can really lean into and write something about, like I believe um, not too long ago was national dog photography day. Yes. That was very exciting. <laughs> yeah. There was a lot of great content for that. And so many people were sharing like pictures of their dog or they were sharing dog photography tips and those were relevant to their particular audience because it was something that they knew their followers were interested in learning about. So that's something that you could definitely use. Or if you are a dog influencer account, then dog photography day could be something you could either use it educational or you could just make it something fun where you share like your favorite picture that you've ever taken of your dog. Um, or the one that has gotten the most engagement ever or something like that. And that's the only thing that I caution with on holidays is take the time to know that you have something to say about it. That's more than just, you know, happy holiday. Um, yeah. But then beyond that, uh, we then look at uh, the possibility of if you're running any giveaways that's a couple of posts for the month. Uh, and I do recommend running giveaways for most people because they really help increase engagement. Um, then take a look at what are some frequently asked questions that you get. Yeah. Uh, so questions that you know people in your industry ask a lot or questions that people specifically ask you. You can sometimes even go back to emails you've received or questions you've gotten on your social media posts. And I like to kind of just keep... A, a file of these and then periodically go back and answer one. And yeah. then depending on how long that answer is, it could become a social media post or it could become a blog post. Um, but answering those questions is a really valuable source of content um, because you know, it's what people already want to learn from you. Yeah. I am. Um, and with Facebook groups as well and polls and stuff on Instagram, you can, you know, you can do a lot of, you get a lot of questions, don't you? And, yeah, I do. I've got a podcast that I'm planning on Facebook groups and no promo Facebook groups because it came up on a coaching call. I think you were on it. It was when we were doing that boot camp. Um, and then I turned that into a social media post that got loads of engagement because loads of people were sharing their insights on Facebook groups and, you know, the no promo rule and ways around it. So it's going to be a podcast with a lot of user generated content in there as well, which I know will be really valuable for people. So those questions um, definitely keep having the system of keeping hold of them is such a great idea. It's so valuable. And that's also another, you know, one more perk of being really connected to your audience, which is one of the things that is the biggest thing that I stress with social media management and using it to grow your business is it's not just about putting up a bulletin, a bulletin board and expecting people to then come buy your stuff. 
because social media is supposed to be social. So interacting with other people, building a community around your brand and around um, whatever your, your product or service is and what you stand for, those are ways that not only can you increase conversion, but the more you're connected to your audience, the more you're going to know what those burning questions are, the more likely they're going to be to reach out to ask you those questions. And then you've just got content for days in terms of, you know, just simply answering a question like you would normally answer a comment and just reply to the comment and leave the answer. But you can also turn that answer into its whole own social media post. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think we started this conversation talking about people being stuck for ideas and we've ended it where, like, I hope people listening have got so many ideas they don't know what to do with them because that's what it's all about, isn't it? And that helps you be consistent and helps you achieve what you want to do in your business, which is what we're here for, isn't it? So, Scarlett, it's been brilliant chatting to you about your pull print method and just generally as well. I always love chatting to you. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Can you tell us um, a little bit about where people can find out more about you and any, re- I know you mentioned your, your uh, holidays calendar, any other resources you think people might find helpful? Absolutely. So you can find me at Scarlet Rockwood pretty much anywhere. That's my username. And I will make sure that you get that correct spelling for the show notes because I know that uh, sometimes it's a little bit hard for people to get right. Yeah. uh, Because I spell everything weird. Um, But uh, you can find it's scarletrockwood.com. And then all of my social media accounts are are at Scarlet Rockwood. Um, And then I also have that blog post for holidays. And I'll make sure I get the link over to you. And Mm -hmm. then I'll also get you a link for um, my template for the paw print method. So if anybody wants to, it's just a Google document that has a kind of a list of places you could put your content and then a framework of what to pull out of each blog post or video or episode that uh, you can then plug in there. Um, And then I'll also get you a, a quick video of like exactly how to do that with an example. Oh, that'd be amazing. Thank you so much. Um, So, yeah, it's been brilliant chatting to you. Thanks so much for coming on the show and also for being so lovely and generous as well with those resources. Um, And I will look forward to seeing you soon. Absolutely. It was so great to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast. For more free resources and ways to promote yourself as a pet entrepreneur, visit www.publicityforpetbusinesses.co.uk. Dot UK.